I've been praying for the non-believers. All my neighbors thinking I will leave her. Awful eager to fall for all deceivers. They don't care what the creator prefers. They don't believe in walking up to Peter. They don't believe in God, Jesus either. Go from breeders and the instant reapers. Listen to the tweeters, the twisted leaders, misdemeanors. Then you go for felonies. Hello, welcome to Be Vigilant. I'm your host, Matt Dean. Today with me is my friend, Travis Plunkett, who is the On Fire Ministries media guy. Today's episode is brought to you by us here at Be Vigilant. We thank you guys for tuning in on American Christian Network, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Travis, what's going on today? I, I just want to say I have a question for you. Oh, wow. So All right. We just heard uh, a fat beat, as they say, yeah. um, in my generation, be dropped. Was it, That wasn't you, was it? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. That was a uh, one of our... We've had him on as a guest. His name's Deke here. He's got a great oh. testimony story coming out of addiction. He's been in the Air Force. And him, and there's a, a whole group of Christian conservative rappers out there right now. So I, when we get off the air, I can tune, plug you into all those. Because most people my age don't listen to hip-hop. But Got you. Yeah, you and I joke a little bit about being like charismatic and Baptist. I was going to say, I haven't been in a Baptist church for a while, but I didn't know if that was kind of your worship <laughs> at this point. Or Hey, if I could make that our worship, that would be sweet. <laughs> No, but Deke here, he's a great guy. He's been on the show. He allowed us to use his music. So going right down that path, you are the On Fire Ministries media guru guy. <laughs> I like guru, but we'll call you the guy. So you are the tech advisor for Patriot Radio? That's right. So I, I've produced Patriot Radio. I've helped out with Church and State for quite a while, as ACN listeners know. Um, I'm the... The faceless Travis. So, mm-hmm. so many people have different kind of conceptual images of what it might look like. Um, <laughs> but if you want to see me, come on over to On Fire Ministries, and I'll, I'll generally be running a camera or making a video or whatnot. Sounds good. Yeah, I know uh, the guys on Church and State always like to get your input or razz you a little bit. <laughs> we could razz them here because they're on right after us, and I love calling them out. Oh, nice. Here's what I told Caleb today. You don't have to do your hair and makeup anymore because you're not, you don't have the Facebook Live. He still denies that he did that, but that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so, as the the producer of Patriot Radio, as a Christian, that's what I want to get into. You are the faceless guy from behind there. You speak up sometimes. I know when I did Patriot Radio, you were able to plug all the the events that were happening. What's your background? You Spokane native? Um, I'm not. So I was born in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Same here. Uh, I went to an elementary school. And, and uh, so I'm going to have the opportunity to share what God has done in my life here on your show today. Um, and I'm going to share some things that I don't always share with people when I when I share my testimony. Um, so one of those, I remember my childhood very, very well. As a matter of fact, vividly, like my whole childhood. And I recall being in elementary school and in in Southern California, in the you know pre two thousand twelve um, era, th- I certainly never saw drag queens. I never saw, you know, uh, the whole transgender rhetoric. I didn't see that yet. That being said, we were in Palmdale, California, which at the time was considered to be a relatively nice suburban working family uh, place. And uh, despite that fact, the character of the children that I went to school with compared to the character of the, of the kids in my, my small little spirit like Idaho town we moved to in 2012, um, the difference was night and day. Hmm. There was, I'm sure, I know, I know for a fact that fatherlessness was a huge issue, um, but, but, uh, but frankly, just spiritual darkness was huge. As a fifth grader, um, my mind 
had already been so corrupted with uh, with disgusting humor, um, mm. with you know profanity. Uh, at a very young age, I was exposed to pornography from my fifth, I believe it was fifth grade uh, classmates, like in the classroom mm. as a fifth grader. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, it, it was certainly crazy. So we moved to Idaho in 2012. My father. Uh, is a retired Los Angeles police officer. Right on. His job was to uh, oftentimes, literally, he, as he would say, peel dead bodies off of the freeway and notify their families. Um, so you can imagine he didn't come home and talk about work. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, you know, he, he was never an alcoholic or anything, but but he would cope using alcohol here and there. Um, and uh, and he had a rough time in his job, and he'll, he'll tell you that himself. Uh, and so... So upon moving to Idaho, my my family were were what I would say growing Christians at the time, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and and weren't necessarily prepared for some of the things that I went through. That um, by the grace of God, God Himself took me through all of it, and and my parents, of course, were there. Um, but but truly, the time I spent in my bedroom. Uh, made the difference for me. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll certainly add more to it, but but I know you had a few questions here. Well, yeah, just uh, who you are. I wanted to get your bio out there. So, yeah, as we get into that early life, that's what I want to talk about a little bit is when did you give yourself to, to Christ? When did you admit that you were a sinner and you needed Jesus to save you? Fantastic. So the ACN audience here, um, I'd say there's a good chance most of us are saved. Most of us know the Lord, and most of us follow him to a degree. Um, and I would I would put an asterisk there as to say that I followed him to a degree when I was a young kid. I believed I believed that Jesus Christ was real, um, and my conception of, of what it meant to be saved was simply you know John three sixteen. Uh, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, such that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And I was like, cool, easy. Jesus is real. <laughs> Boom, there we go. Hey, that's a pretty Americanized view of Christianity, so don't feel bad. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and, it, and it is rather common uh, just on the street. Uh, people, well, people believe they're saved simply because they concede um, that Jesus was a guy mm -hmm. um, and, and that they believe in the concept of God. It, it, it was what I, what, I, what I believed at the time. However... It took a personal encounter with Jesus to set me on fire, really. Um, so what had happened was we moved to Idaho, and as a sixth grader, I came down with severe depression. Mm. And my parents did not believe really in depression. Um, that's how I would describe it. Uh, it's it's not something that had been in our family. My mom was from El Salvador. It wasn't really something they struggled with at the time. Um, and even in public school back then, mental health was not anywhere near uh, the issue that it is today. And, and that's just, you know, between sixth grade and, and me recently graduating, uh, mm -hmm. just it was an exponent, exponential increase in, in uh, mental health disorders. Uh, and so I came down with depression. I didn't know why hmm. at the time. Um, I, I now believe it was, it was a, a spiritual issue inside of myself that I will, um, I'll talk about that here pretty soon. But I would tell everyone, oh, I'm happy. You know, I was this little kid. Everybody thought he was happy. I go home. My parents, you know, I'm smiling. Hey, how was school today? It was good. I go into my room. I shut my door and check it out. I live in a log home in the corner 
with one window that doesn't face the sun, and I have like five light bulbs, and only one of them halfway works, and it flickers sometimes. So just to, to make it better there, <coughs> I'd go into my bed, and I would literally just curl up into the fetal position and be occupied by simply suffering. Hmm. I would just sit there in agony. And uh, by the grace of God, I knew, and I, and I never once lost this, I knew that Jesus would heal me, and I knew that he, that by seeking him would be the solution. Um, I didn't understand what I was going through. All I knew was that it sucked, um, but I knew that Jesus was the way. And so uh, I began to read the word of God, and I began to genuinely seek the Lord. Um, I actually became addicted to the Bible at, at, a, at a young age. I was literally addicted to the Bible. Um, and I believe that, so, so check it out, addiction. It's a, <clears throat> it is an aspect of the human brain mm -hmm. that is common to all humans. We, we are actually designed to be addicted to things that cause us pleasure. Yep. Um, that's not a defect in, our, in, the, in the human uh, construction manual. This is, this is something that's designed for, for the goodness of the Lord. We are designed to, to quite literally be addicted to our spouses. We are designed um, to be addicted to the presence of the Lord. Um, if, if, you, uh, if you've ever just felt the presence of the Lord, there's nothing better on the earth. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, uh, and we want more of it. And the word of God is something I believe we are designed to be addicted to consume. Um, and uh, and I, I would challenge you, reader, um, or excuse me, listener, uh, you know, a, a lot of you, I'm sure you have your Bible time, but, but I, I would actually personally go as far to, to literally guarantee you that if you regularly seek the Lord in your secret place, in your bedroom, mm. intending to spend time with him, intending to be taught and to let him mold you, and, and the word of God says that, he, that the Holy Spirit will lead you even to the deep mysteries of God, and you will discover things about yourself, about the universe, wisdom for your life, um, and, and you, will, you will begin to be addicted to the word of God. So I was addicted to the Word of God, and I would go into my room, I'd open up the Bible, I would be suffering, and eventually, while I was, I was suffering, um, simultaneously, and, and I, can, I can only describe it like this, my brain was, was hopeless and, uh, uh, and lonely and in, and in despair, but it's as if I felt this thing inside of me that wanted to explode with joy. And so I was joyful and depressed at the same time. And I would attribute this to the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. Um, we, know, we As Christians, we receive Holy Spirit. God comes and lives inside of us. And, and we see in the Word of God that there are the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, the list, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. All of these marvelous things that, that in the world without Christ... Uh, People are searching for love and searching for joy, and they never find it. Mm -hmm. um, but the source of love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, endurance, self-control is not our brains, but it's the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. It's His fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and so while my brain was chemically imbalanced, you might say, mm -hmm. um, I received the joy of the Lord from within my spirit. And... Uh, <clears throat> And the Lord began to change my character with his word. And one day, I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't comprehend necessarily why this was, but I felt it very poignantly inside of me that, that God 
wanted me to stand up and tell the depression to leave. Hmm. So I, I, I was listening to good old Shine 104.9. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was Positive Life Radio. And uh, I stood up, and I was like, in Jesus' name, depression, leave, and never come back. And I, I, I kid you not, by the mercy of God, like this, I just snapped my fingers like that. The depression, and it wasn't subtle. It was the huge thing that could be plaguing me to this day that could make me look like the other young people, the other millennials that, are, that have, have been contributing to the problem in this nation. That thing came off of me instantly. And to this day, I'm full of the joy of the Lord. Um, amen. So, amen. So this was my, uh, my initial experience with, with not just um, hearing about God, but with realizing that Jesus Christ is truly, utterly powerful. Mm. And he truly holds the power to change our lives, to to lead us into our destinies. Um, and uh, he changed my destiny. I would not be anywhere. I would not I would not know the man, Mr. Matt Shea. I would not be standing uh, or, or sitting across from, from a, a guy on a radio show with a marvelous beard. Um, I would not I would not be where I am today um, without what Jesus did for me then. And he's been faithful to this day to continue to work his power in my life. Amen. And you're, you're preaching to the choir there because without Jesus, I'd be dead mm-hmm. or I'd be in prison for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. That Those were two options he showed me, and I was very close to both. So for you to say that, I want the listeners out there to realize that you're listening to two men speak to you that Jesus Christ came into their lives and changed it totally. Depression, yes, it stinks. And I suffered from it when I was younger, too. They wanted to put me on medication, and I said, no, I'll just self-medicate. That's fine. But since I've allowed God into my life, I don't have those depression days. I don't get stuck in the house where I can't leave. Like, there would be weeks where I couldn't leave the house. So I totally, for you to open up that side of you really speaks to me as well. And I think that's awesome that, to just snap your fingers. And well, you didn't do it, but God, exactly. it was that moment when, and that's why I tell people, when you are totally broken, when you are totally helpless, and the only thing left you have is Jesus— that's when it goes away. When you continue to go to these secular psychiatrists that pump you full of pills, and I don't shoot me down here, listeners, but I know that there's a better solution than what the, the chemical solution that the doctors are prescribing today. Mm. And if you are really helpless and broken, not just wanting to mask it, like Travis was, he was ready to, to have nothing left but God, and that's when God took it away. I mean, that's a, that's a powerful testimony right there, brother, and I appreciate that you brought that out today in the show. Yeah, I have to touch on this now because we've we've poked the bear. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, we got time. Let's do it. Yeah. So, uh, I just I just uh, went out to lunch to a gentleman um, that the Lord wanted me to reach out to, um, and and he believed what what so many people believe, and and what is very common in in the young adult and um, and even younger age, and that is. They're living in the world. Sometimes they're even going to church. And they're hearing about this man, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they hear testimonies like this. And, and they try to comprehend it for themselves. And they say, so what? I'm supposed to just say, okay, Jesus, I give it to you. And then now it's all butterflies and rainbows? That'd be nice. Um, it would be nice. <laughs> um, and, and, it's, and it's easy to, to interpret what we're saying as that. Um, I, I want to be very clear. Jesus can absolutely indeed... Um, employ his power supernaturally and utterly set you free. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, is it as simple as 
as simply saying, you know, here it is and, and it's rainbows and butterflies. No, I had to go through my process. Mm-hmm. If God would have taken away my depression before he changed my character, mm. I, I probably would have gotten, simply became depressed again. Yep. My mind would have still been polluted. I would have still put my value in worldly things, and I, and I would not have a wellspring of peace to draw from. God had to change my character. Mm, that's so true. Um, yeah. Now, now, that being said, for, for you, listener, I want to challenge you. The, in my life, I have never once seen a single piece of the Word of God, and I'm talking about the Christian Bible, um, fail in any in any capacity, in any sense. And from the from the boldest, most astronomical sounding verse to the, to the to the smallest, most hidden verse, I've never I've never, without an exception, seen it fail. And 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 believe me, I spent my life meditating on the Word of God, um, and I've not seen it fail. And Jesus Himself, He said, "Seek, and you will find." Knock on the door and it will be opened unto you. Um, ask and it will be given unto you. If you are struggling with depression, if your life, um, if your life is not full of the joy of the Lord, I challenge you to seek, to seek meaning to 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 actively run after mm-hmm. Jesus, to read His Word, to be open to what He's saying to you, to be willing to submit your beliefs. And I promise you, I personally promise you that God will not fail you. You will find exactly what you're looking for. That's so true. I mean, it's that that seeking, that active looking for. And I think that that leads into the next question here that I had for you. Great segue. It's like you've done this before. <laughs> As a young Christian man, I, I applaud you. You're 22. You, you're in the Word. You're working for Him through your church. You're going to school. And you touched on it a little bit. There's there's Christians living in the world. How how difficult is that? Or do you have any words of wisdom for those people that might be in that same situation in the college age? Because we know from 18 to 22 is when the kids leave the church. So that's what I would I would like to touch on for a few minutes here, if we could. Is I can brag on you all day how how awesome your life looks to an old man like me. But what would you say to the other youth? Like you said, you went to lunch with a young man. What about the rest of them that are out there? How do they combat the world, and how do they put more Jesus in their life? Yeah, that's a fabulous question. Um, so first, I want to I want to characterize what it's actually like um, to be a a person in the world that's my age right now. Um, I hang out with with a lot of the you know the conservative middle middle aged to older uh, people, and, and they have their own conceptions um, of what it's like to to be in school right now. Uh, but but it's actually very interesting. Um, young people who are college age right now have uh, have tremendously trended towards a certain a certain belief system mm-hmm. um, that is at a higher state now than it was you know even a decade, two decades, three decades ago, and that is um, society has uh, in the United States it began Christian. Um, it progressed, remaining Christian, but eventually we we retained fa- good family American values, but but at a certain point began to discard Christ Himself, mm-hmm. and then we had a movement into secularism. Um, so okay, there is no God. There's atheism. There's only science. Um, by the way, I'm just going to plug this right now. Every piece of science, 100%, absolutely. Um, if, if you treat it without bias and, and with true scientific ethics, you will find that it supports the Word of God wholly and completely. Amen, that's true. Amen. Uh, and now we've 
we've seen something interesting where the world on a, on a world scale and also at a, at a United States scale has, has begun to go away from the sort of secularism trend and enter into a spiritual, spiritual um, trend, wh- whereas we are spiritual but not through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so my generation is actually very spiritual. We are, we are not uh, an atheist generation. Um, and what I'm seeing happen in college right now is this. I go to a Christian college. Um, I'm not going to name it while mm-hmm. I am um, attending the college, but uh, but there there is there is a lot of worldliness uh, among the doctrine, even among the professors, among what is taught in the colleges. It still looks like critical race theory. It mm. still looks like you know gender fluidity. It still looks like sin. There you go. That's all it is. That's what it is. Um, it still looks like sin. And so what's happening is colleges, even even at my Christian university, they're talking a little bit about Jesus, but they're also saying, hey, look at the culture around the world. Take a look at this video. And in one of my classes, I kid you not, we literally watched this video in an Asian nation where uh, this gentleman like lost his wife or whatever, and so he wanted to, uh, to pay his dues to his wife. So he goes to a temple, and he comes to this medium who you watched on video, this guy literally gets like possessed by a demon. He begins, his body is convulsing and he has his, his two other buddies who are simultaneously possessed. And they grab this wooden chair and they're smacking the table in demonic unison. It's like their bodies are vibrating. And, and they created, um, they wrote on the table by, by, by indenting it, the wood. Um, and this was, this was the sort of communicating with the dead that we read of in scripture, mm-hmm. right? Yet this is painted now as, as cultural. Mm-hmm. And, and I look at my classmates, and they're watching this video, and they're fascinated, and they're like, oh, look at the culture. Wow, I want to go to Asia. This is very interesting. Um, and so we're seeing paganism, and, and what, I, what I would, co- what I would uh, cite as, as the New Age movement mm-hmm. um, permeate the intellects of my peers. And so students are, are at such a ripe age. They leave high school. They want to discover who they are and what their destiny is. And they are scooping up, now probably more than ever, um, paganism. Um, in many cases, uh, students are, are actively engaged in forms of witchcraft, mm-hmm. including um, card reading, including trying to extract energy from, from crystals, including doing yoga, however, you know, doing the spiritual aspects of yoga, repeating the term om, which, which literally can, can be translated, you know, to, to different uh, to different. Phrases which are, which are certainly concerning. Um, I've heard it said that Om could be translated to, to, in a sense, literally like come into me or possess me, mm-hmm. um, as in like the power or, or the energy, what we know as, as a spirit that is not God, a.k.a. a demon, come possess me. Um, students are, are practicing manifestation, which is where they, and, and they don't, of, of course, know the metaphysics of how these things work because the only true worldview, of course, is a biblical Christian worldview, mm-hmm. and they don't have that. Um, but what they believe is that through mindfulness, through uh, through speaking things into uh, existence, essentially kind of activating their faith, they can begin to cause things to happen in, in reality. They can manifest a free cup of coffee or manifest um, this guy to like them, and they're actually doing witchcraft. Hmm. Um, and so, so my th- this would be to your question here. What would I say to my peers? my peers who are, um, who may be hearing this and saying, that guy sounds very confident in what he believes. I'm telling you, what I've, what I've like in the words 
of the apostles, I cannot be silent about what I've seen and heard. Um, and, 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 you know, and you can probably testify to this as well. In your own life, maybe you've seen people physically healed, people delivered, people's emotions healed. I've seen that all the time. My, my dear friends have been changed by Jesus, myself included. Um, very, very real. I would tell you that the power is not in the New Age movement. The power is not in crystals. The power is, or, or the peace is not in, in, in being accepted for someone that they're telling you that you are, but that you're not. Um, that is, uh, if you are living in a state of, of sexual brokenness, of, of, not, of, um, of, of not having peace with your identity, of believing that you are a victim, um, and, uh, and of seeking in any other place but Jesus Christ, I promise you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the wellspring of peace. He is the wellspring of joy. Um, that's what I would say. Amen. I mean, that's crazy because as you're talking about what the kids are dealing with, the young people, you you named it, but to me it's not like a Hollywood movie. That's what I'd name it. What are kids dealing with these days? Hollywood movies, witchcraft, manifestations. That's wild. And for you to wrap it all up like that, I think if you do, if you are listening and you know a young person in your life, share this this with them. You can find it digitally. Have them reach out to Travis. We'll give his information here in a minute. He's probably got other young people that can help direct and guide these young people because this is crazy. This is Satan that we're dealing with on a, on a daily basis, moment by moment, that wants your soul. Satan wants our kids. He wants our youth. He wants our young people. He wants everybody driven away from God and from the healing powers that Jesus does present to you. If it's mentally, if it's addiction, if it's physically, whatever it is, Travis said it right there. He's the answer. We got two minutes left. Travis, I know you, and we could go on for hours. I thank you again for being here. I know you have an event coming up that you wanted to let everybody know about. You want to tell everybody what you got going on? I do. So you're listening to this message right now. You're like, all right, that's interesting. I, I feel something. It's like something's pulling me. Or maybe you feel mad all of a sudden. You feel convicted. Um, I would challenge you that Jesus is reaching out to you right now. And this is not a coincidence that you heard this episode. Mm -hmm. um, and a great way, a great way to begin your journey of checking out who this Jesus guy is, is to come to the Carry the Love event. It's a free concert. Okay. That's happy. We're not going to be slapping you with the Bible or anything. You're just going to be able to come and have fun. Because Taylor Swift's $1,000 to go. This is free. <laughs> this is free, and you will leave uh, much more edified than you would a Taylor Swift concert. You'll leave sober. Oh, yeah. You'll leave happy. You may even leave changed. Right on. Um, carry the Love event. It's happening on the 17th of February uh, at 7 p.m. It's going to be at Valley Christian School. Spokane Valley, so just take out your phone, Google Valley Christian School, you'll find the address, join us for a night of, of just awesome worship, you'll, you'll, you'll meet some great young people, um, the music and the production quality of the Circuit Riders, who will be uh, kind of the keynote music group, is incredible, you won't regret being there, um, you can check out On Fire Ministries social media if you'd like to get uh, shareable items. Right on. Somebody wants to get a hold of you, you have a production company, you want to plug that real quick? Crossroads Productions, you can go to croadsproductions.com. That's for Crossroads Productions, croadsproductions.com. Right on. Travis, thanks for being here. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your testimony. For Until next time, remember to be sober, be vigilant. Goodbye. To the old me.